What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mike again, back in the Free Mike Podcast. Today we have a special guest. Um, his name is Jude Charles. This is a young man who has done extraordinary things. He's a filmmaker and entrepreneur, and we did a lot of deep dives in this session. Uh, we talked so much about about filmmaking and uh, storylines, what how stories impact all of us, and how important stories are. How to how that those narratives, especially when it comes to the the hero's journey, and that's something that you guys uh, could learn about when you when you listen to the podcast. And uh, we talked a lot about entrepreneurship and and what we could do uh, to encourage ourselves every day to come up come up and live our life to the fullest. Um, this is one of those podcasts where I really really enjoyed uh, just talking to Jude, and I wish I had more time, but. Um, I'm planning to bring him back for a future episode, uh, but I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, we have a lot of things in common. Uh, Jude and I both uh, come from immigrant backgrounds, and we've uh, established ourselves in our certain careers. But um, I'm d- putting myself out there uh, diving into filmmaking, and this is where Jude uh, kind of also gave me some advice. And I'm going to take up his challenge on it. And if you want to find out what kind of challenge that is, listen to the podcast. Our guest today is a story-driven filmmaker and brand strategist who has worked with uh, successful individuals like Keisha Kior uh, of Kior Cosmetics, inspirational speaker like Andy Hendrikas, author and social marketing strategist Ted Rubin, and some names you may know like Les Brown and Steve Harvey. For 15 years, he has produced um, documentaries for uh, a lot of purpose-driven entrepreneurs. So, Mr. Charles, welcome to the Free Mike Podcast. Michael, thank you for having me. Uh, I am... Always excited when I get a chance to talk about storytelling, which I know we're going to do today, um, and and talk about filmmaking. So looking forward to today. Yes, yes. Uh, I was looking through the list of individuals that you worked with. And I'm very actually very impressed with them, especially you know uh, Les Brown. I, I'm, I'm I remember those days when I would uh, you know uh, I would wake up in the morning and I would watch inspirational videos, and a lot yeah. of it was Les Brown. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, was this really uh, where you dreamed of uh, of getting at, like when you first started your career as a filmmaker? Yeah, if you told me when I first started 15 years ago that I would be able to travel the world, be able to work with celebrities and be able to help tell their stories, I wouldn't believe you. So this was, I knew I wanted to, growing up, I knew I wanted to do documentaries. I just didn't know in what way. And honestly, doing documentaries for entrepreneurs like Les Brown or Steve Harvey or Andy Enriquez, Keisha Dior, who's now Keisha Kior, um, it's, it's, it, it kind of fell into my lap. And I, I love it. I get to wake up every day doing it. And, and yeah, you talk about waking up to Les Brown. Like, I still listen to Les Brown motivational speeches um, because that is the Like, what Les Brown does is he tells stories, and that's the power of storytelling. Um, and that's why I love to do it. Yeah. Now, um, I'm so fascinated with filmmaking because it is an area where I've actually kind of started diving into. Yeah. Um, and recently, and um, the the reason for that also, somebody was talking to me how important storytelling is. And so, so tell me, like, how did you start out as a filmmaker? What is, uh, how did this all come about? Yeah, I was 17 years old in a TV production classroom. And my teacher at the time, Mrs. Donnelly, um, taught me everything that she knew about video production. 
I was a junior in high school, and she said to me, she pulled me up to her desk one day, and she said, Jude, you're really, really talented at this. I think you should start a business. And in the moment that she said that, I, uh, I immediately hesitated because I am the last of 10 children, and my, all of my siblings went to college. My parents, my mom worked at a construction factory, at a chair construction factory, and um, my dad was a construction worker. He built buildings. And so um, I had no entrepreneurs in my family, none whatsoever. And so the thought and the idea of being an entrepreneur, I had no idea what that meant, like to run a business, especially at 17 years old. But I'll never forget, Michael, the following day, May 5th, 2006, Mrs. Donnelly came into the classroom with a yellow envelope and she handed it to me. And I was like, what is this? And she said, open it up. And inside of this yellow envelope was my first set of business cards. And that was the day that I got started in filmmaking. I got started in running a business. As a matter of fact, I still have the very first card from that pack um, that I still carry on my desk because it is a testament to that moment. Now, the name Video Precision by Charles, I can't remember how that even came about, but, um, but that's how I got started. I got started because my teacher saw a talent in me and she pushed me to get to say, like, hey, you can start a business. There is no reason why you can't. Even though, yes, you're 17 years old, you don't know what you're doing or want to do, you can still start a business and make money. And so I did that. I started 15 years ago. Um, and at first, the first five years were a bit rocky because I was doing small birthday parties and retirement parties and small weddings. Um, but it wasn't until I met with Keisha Kayor. Keisha Kayor is the entrepreneur who started a cosmetic business um, and she wanted to document the journey. And that was that was my wheelhouse. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and how, how long yeah. did you uh, do that documenting process? For Keisha, it was three years, but it wow. wasn't, I didn't realize the power of it until after the first year. I, um, I woke up out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning and I woke up to the sounds of chains hitting the floor. And it was always a nightmare of mine to hear these chains hitting the floor. And I jumped up out of bed. I ran outside. And what it was when I heard the, uh, the sounds of the chains were this tow truck driver coming to repossess my car for the second time in eight months. And I walked back in the house. I sat on the edge of my bed, my hands in my heads, my head in my hands. And I got a phone call from Keisha Kaor at the time. And she said, she got, she got really excited when I picked up the phone. She was like, Jude, Jude, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. And I'm like, what happened, Keisha? And she said, I just got off the phone with my accountant. And, and you know, we've, I've been doing this business for 12 months. And he said, I just crossed over the seven-figure mark. So at this point in business, I had, I had been in business five years. Keisha had been in business for one year. She made a million dollars. And for context, I only made, at that point, only $3,000 off of the documentary project. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized there was power in what I was doing. And it wasn't just that I was holding a camera, but it was that I was telling Keisha's story. And the story wasn't about building a business of selling colored lipstick, like purple, green, blue lipstick. It was more about she was teaching about women empowerment, that she wanted, to be, she wanted women to feel comfortable in their own skin. And that's really why she started the business. It's really the story that we told. But it was that moment that led me to realize that, to make me realize, like, oh, my gosh, I am helping entrepreneurs tell their stories so that they can sell more products or services. 
that's what the story I need to be telling when I meet with clients. So yeah, that, that was when I realized the power of what I was doing. Wow. So, I mean, it took you five years to really kind of get over like that, the certain hump, you know, um, yeah. would you, would you say that was probably like one of the toughest times in your career? Um, for sure. For sure. Like I think yeah. there was so much doubt, but there was also too much pride at that time. I think it was five years and I, al I always say I didn't need to struggle for those five years. A big reason why I did is because I just didn't ask for help. I didn't find a mentor. I didn't know anything about mentorship or, or business coaches or anything like that where I could say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I build this the right way? The only thing I had in my mind is, hey, you're really talented at video. People are just going to come to you because you're really talented at video. And it doesn't really work like that. Um, but those first five years, I doubted a lot. Also because I didn't mention it, but I didn't go to college. Like, I'm the last attendant. I didn't go to college because I was like, I'm starting this business. This is what I want to do. And so it was, it was a lot of struggle, a lot of pain, and a lot of, like, is this really, I love it, but is it really what I'm meant to do? It's um. Now you mentioned college. It's like a lot of us, you know, I, me included. I I grew up in a kind of a pretty traditional, like very conservative family. You know, yeah. parents telling you, "Hey, you you need to study hard, work hard, go to college," and that's what I did. I, were, I and I got my degree, and I'm happy. I'm happy. I have I help people for a living, yeah. so I'm happy about that. But there's always, um, I always felt there's always something more out there, and so I started businesses on the side. You know, I started a vending business. I started a consulting business, you know, and, and these are just side jobs. And um, but yeah, no, I, you, you were, it's fascinating because you just went straight into the inter entrepreneurship uh, field. And uh, people would always tell me, oh, man, you, you got to be careful when you dive into a new business. You know, you're going to you're, you're going to leave your 40 hour days and work 80 hours and make make like half as much. You know, uh, has anybody like have people to told you that as well? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me, I grew up in the same way, traditional household, and um, what my parents wanted more than anything, so I, my parents are immigrants. They come from the country of Haiti. And what they wanted more than anything is just give us a better opportunity. That was why they came to the United States. And so the idea that one of their children would not go to college, it was like, oh, he's not going to make it because they didn't know that model. They didn't see it. And so, yeah, I was taught, I was told all the time, like, if you you're running your own business like that's not a real thing that's not something you're going to make money off of you can't sustain yourself in that way um but it's and, and i did work hard those first five years those first honestly the first 10 years i worked really hard but the upside the turning point of that is that i make really great money and it's not because it took me 10 years or five years it's the fact that i got really good at what i do but i also got good at marketing um and i think that what if I had listened, I would have listened to my parents when that moment happened with Keisha, where it was just like, you know, I'm at this five year mark. I'm barely struggling to make twenty thousand dollars a year. Maybe my parents are right. I remember thinking that maybe my parents are right and I need to go back to school and just go through this school route. But I'm glad I didn't because it was after Keisha that I got a chance to work with Steve Harvey and Les Brown and Andy Enriquez and Tracy Lynn, like all of these heavy hitter entrepreneurs who I get to see the behind the scenes of their business every day, right? Like I get to see behind the scenes of Stefan Georgi, who's a copywriter, nothing sexy about writing words, but he makes really great money and he's a family man. He's able to balance the two. Like, I think that I, I can't pay for any of that. I can't pay to get behind the scenes of understanding what it takes to run a big business. 
And I think that is is priceless, and that's why I would I wouldn't go back and do it any other way, um, despite what people were telling me. Yeah, uh, you know, I I watched your video, uh, Stefan, and it's actually it's on your website, and I found it real fascinating because when and and you talked about you know uh, in in your website it says that you're a documentary filmmaker, and usually when people you know think about documentary filmmaking, they think of Michael Moore or maybe yeah. Ken Burns, and you know like somebody who's there talking to them. Yeah, but you allow your 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 people to t- talk for themselves. They they tell their own stories. Yeah, and I found that unique. Is it kind of gives you that that sense of relationship you know when you go when you watch them through the video you feel like i could relate to that you know uh i I could relate to the struggles i could relate to you know i could relate to uh how they see their family and their passion and and makes people think maybe i could do something like that so um was this kind of how you try to structure your 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 uh, your storylines uh, in the beginning or how, talk to us yeah. talk to us about that Yeah my very first one Keisha Dior I um and I go between Keisha Dior Keisha Dior and Keisha Kior cuz she changed her name later but um with Keisha it was definitely that it was just her telling her story I always as much as I'm crafting the story and as much as I'm 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 filming it and telling it from my perspective I also want you to have a one-on-one relationship with this person that is talking. It's not my story, it's theirs. And I feel like they should tell it in the way that they tell it. I am just the conduit to put it together and craft it in a way that makes it entertaining so that you enjoy watching it. But, you know, I, I, I always want, from the beginning, I've just always wanted that. I wanted the client to tell their story. But even like, who's your favorite athlete, Michael? Favorite athlete right now? Uh, well, it would always be Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm always, always, I love Michael Jordan, so I, I'll so, go with. So that. imagine, imagine if because that's a great, that's a great athlete, right? Like imagine the Last Dance that just came out recently, right? The documentary series on Michael Jordan. Just in case you're listening, you don't know what it is. It's a ten part series on Michael Jordan and his history of playing basketball, but specifically on the sixth NBA championship that he had with the Chicago Bulls. Imagine if that documentary was just simply someone else telling Michael Jordan's story. You wouldn't love him as much. You wouldn't find out these intimate moments and stories that happened throughout his career that we didn't even know about because Michael seems he tends to be a private person. Even though he's one of the greatest athletes ever to live, he tends to be a private person. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. But imagine if that documentary, 10-part documentary series, is told in another person's point of view. We would never relate to him, never. And so that's, it's the same thing on my end when I'm creating these documentaries. I want, yes, these are high-level entrepreneurs, just like Michael Jordan's a high-level athlete, but I want to bring them down to size. I want to make them feel as human as possible. So if we talk about Stefan for a second, Stefan in the first 60 seconds, I'm not going to ruin it because I want listeners to go and watch it, but in the first 60 seconds, there's this intimate moment that he has with his daughter that quickly, immediately humanizes him as a father, as a husband, as as just a normal everyday guy. Not a guy that writes sales letters, right? Not a guy that owns two homes, not a guy that drives a Porsche. It's just a guy that is, he's a dad, right? And that is what I always thrive for. I thrive to give that deep human connection because it's not about the thing that they sell. It's not about the thing that they can do. Who are they? As a leader, as a CEO, as a human being, who are they? And that's what I thrive for. 
you know, watching your videos on your on your website, I, I find it like you, like you're saying, like you you it seems like you really highlight the the human part of it where we could all relate to it. Um, is this what you look for when you look for clients or when clients uh, come to you? Like, you know, do you, uh, what is your criteria like when you're when you're choosing a client? First thing I always tell the client and it's the one thing I make extremely clear. If you're not willing to be vulnerable, we're not the right fit. The only way that I can make them as human as possible is the is to show them in a very vulnerable state. And and most people look at vulnerability vulnerability as weakness. I look at it as a strength. Because when you're vulnerable and you're open, it just creates a it quickly creates a connection that says, Oh my gosh, like I know that pain too. Right? Like I talked about struggling the first five years. Um, for a while, I never told that story because it was painful. It was like I'm embarrassed to even say that I struggled for five years because I knew I didn't need to. But when I started sharing that story, what you realize is there's so many other people that struggled in their entrepreneurship journey and kind of went through the same thing. It instantly builds a connection. It removes the wall of here's this successful guy talking about how great he is. And it's more like, no, he's he's successful despite the mistakes that he's made. Right. Like. If he can make mistakes and still be successful, I can too, right? And that's with Stefan, that's the story that we tell where he was he was very insecure as a kid, right? He was, uh, in part of his story, he tells how he was, uh, he was seen as a fat, chubby kid. And he was very insecure because he felt like he didn't fit in. But here's a guy who didn't fit in at a young age and still is quite successful in his career now. And so um, that's the first criteria, vulnerability. Being open to share um who you are. The second criteria, though, is is being purpose driven. This is not an ego documentary <laughs> series. This is about inspiration and motivation and being able to show people that there's not one way to do things. But if you if you can get over your own insecurities, you can do it the right way and you can do it the way that you want to do it. Um, so being purpose or mission driven, that's the other criteria, because I think I don't want to just point a camera at somebody that wants to show off what kind of cars they have or what houses they have. If you watch any of my documentaries, they're not that at all. But even though we may show a fancy house, so we may show a fancy car, it's not about that. Um, so that's the second criteria is that they're purpose driven. The third criteria is simply being willing to tell their story in an authentic way, being willing to have a camera follow them around and, and trust that I am going to show them in the best light. We're gonna show the good and the bad we're going to show the good, bad, and ugly, but it is going to be received in a way that people want to connect with you on a deeper level. You know, and it kind of brings to mind, and it just it just came to my mind right now, and it reminds me of this concept of the hero's, hero's journey. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I am. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, I had a teacher who kind of described it to me. And for some reason, when you were just talking about that, you know, about vulnerability, you know, it seems like they're successful, but then you saw their journey uh, and uh, how they're vulnerable and then it helps people relate to them and how they rise above that challenge. It yeah. kind of just uh, brings me back to those days when I was, uh, when I, I used to be a voracious reader and I need to start doing that again. But, but yeah, yeah it kind of. You bring up two great points that I want to highlight. So Hero's Journey is definitely something that I, in the stories that I structure is the way that I follow it, right? It's So for people that don't know, the Hero's Journey is all about the person that, you get really connected to the person, the, the character. They have a desire, all right? But on their journey to, to wanting to fulfill this desire, um, they meet a, a mentor or a person that guides them on this journey. 
and then they go on the journey with this mentor and you see their journey and then at the end of it it either ends in success or failure and from that success or failure they have be transformed and become a new person that's the hero's journey and if you think about anyone's story that's what everyone's story is it's the hero's journey where we we grow up and we have this desire to be you know to give back right or or we have a desire to make an impact on someone else's life and then we stumble along the way we get started but we stumble along the way and then we reach a mentor and that mentor who's been there before who's done it before comes along and says here's the right right way to do it and you go on the journey of doing it the right way and then it either ends in success or failure but that success or failure changes you right and it transforms you um that is the hero's journey and that is when i talk about vulnerability and i talk about um being purpose driven and then i talk about um just telling their story in an authentic way that is the hero's journey that's how i it, it's the way i structure life it's the way i structure everything so yes it comes off naturally the other thing that you mentioned though that i wanted to highlight um gosh you mentioned the hero's journey it was something else that i wanted to highlight that you mentioned that i thought was really important um i think it was about remind me again because i, I really want to it was incredibly important that your listeners hear well, it i was uh i was talking about my uh you know it reminded me of like you know when i was in high school and uh yeah. hero's journey how you overcome how you know uh, it seems like that people uh, are successful but then you they have their lows and their vulnerabilities and and uh, it shows how they overcome that hump you know that uh that challenge the other thing that you mentioned i remember it now it was because you you probably didn't realize how important it was um it was reading you said you want to get back to reading yes 2014 i started reading again and i had i'd always been a voracious reader so one thing i didn't tell about part of my story is at eight years old I was reading books, but I was also writing 100 page books of what I thought my future life would look like. And so I was always into storytelling. I don't know what got me into it other than that I would watch um, TV crime show dramas with my dad. And that, that was always storytelling, right? Like that was always starting with the crime and then the, the, the detectives go back and figure out why was this crime created? Why was this crime? Um, why did it happen? What was the motive? But so I've always been a voracious reader, but I stopped reading over time and then in 2014 i started reading again i put myself on a challenge of reading at least one book a month at the end of that year from uh the beginning of the year to the end of the year i made 40 percent more money than i did the previous year the only thing that changed was reading more books so now uh, 2021 as we're recording this um i read at least at the very least 60 books a year it is, wow. incredi- it is incredibly important to read because reading allows you to get to see other people's journey, right? Like their hero's journey. So if we talk about uh, a book like um, Shoe Dogs by Philip Knight, one of the best entrepreneur books ever written, it's his story of how he started Nike. A book I recently read, The Riot of a Lifetime with Bob Iger, another one that's a great, like, first of all, the title is amazing, Riot of a Lifetime, because he ran Disney. Yeah. But but also he goes through his journey of how he worked as a production assistant at ABC, I believe it was, and then worked his way all the way up to the CEO of Walt Disney of the Walt Disney Company. Right. Like talk about that hero's journey and the hiccups along the way and, and jobs that he got along the way. He only worked for one company his entire life. Right. And so that's why reading is so important. So that's why I wanted to point it out, because you said you want to get back to reading. Um, I think that 
it just opens up a door. It opens up perspective that you wouldn't get, mentors that you wouldn't get um, access to without reading books. Yeah, being a Bob Iger is probably the most powerful man in Disney right now, being chairman of the board. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You know, full, full disclosure, I was a Disney shareholder, so I remember uh, we would vote on the uh, recommendations of Mr. Iger. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. 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 And you were mentioning about mentorship and how important it is. Um, one of the questions, and I was talking to a friend of mine about, you know, about filmmaking, and uh, one of the things that came up, you know, he was asking, well, don't you need a degree for that? But um, I would I would like for you to kind of expound on that, you know, uh, a degree versus a mentorship. And, uh, in a degree to mentor? Is that what? Was uh, that what a, de- a degree in filmmaking as opposed to uh, be, uh, like, you know, uh, getting a mentor uh, and be able to, be able to guide you in your journey in this business. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I'm a little biased. I don't think you need a degree. But I'm biased because I didn't go to college and I didn't get a degree. But I think that it's a so you talked a little bit earlier about Stefan's story. You watched Stefan's story and you was really moved by it. I think it's a testament to to that. Like, I didn't need a degree to tell Stefan's story. A degree, I think, for filmmaking, I think what's really important with college and getting a degree is the connections that you make because it opens up doors to have job opportunities as soon as you leave college. For sure, no doubt about it. Um, but what I don't think filmmaking teaches you, in, in school at least, is the business side of filmmaking. Getting your project and funded, first of all, and then getting it marketed and promoted so that other people see it. Um, That is what I learned through mentorship. I was really talented already at 17 years old. What I didn't know how to do was make sure people were watching my stories or even make sure that a client would be willing to pay for my story, for me to tell their story. Um, And so I think, yeah, I mean, there is no downside to getting a degree. But I think the upside of having mentors and getting started early and making mistakes early, there's a lot of upside to that um, because you're willing to take more risk. Like I don't take if, if I'm very transparent and honest, I don't take as many risks now than I did when I was 17 in business. That is right. And and even now, like I'll, I'll be transparent and vulnerable in the sense that I burned out last year. Right. I. While most people got a break and took time off during coronavirus i was still on planes traveling and filming stefan's story was filmed during the the covid19 crisis Uh, another client of mine darnielle i filmed her story during the covid19 crisis so i didn't get a break right and i burned out but i also realized like i was starting to lose my why and my purpose and my drive um but again like i think a degree can't teach you all those things i think what what allowed me to craft these stories even as there was a pandemic going on around us was understanding filmmaking a love for filmmaking but also just being able to push through those tough times and that happens through mentorship a degree can't teach you that i, I totally agree with that and i want one, one of the things you know you uh, keep mentioning Stefan. one of the things that really uh, stood out to me while watching that he, he said something and he said if i don't make the most out of his life that I'm an asshole. And I, and then I was like, yes, you know, that, that I, I, I don't agree with that. That's why, like, even though I have a career, I, I have all these side jobs that I do. I have, I have a couple side business and now I'm, I'm diving into filmmaking, but, um, what, uh, keeps you motivated? What gives you inspired uh, to just do, to wake up every day and just do this? And what gives you that love for, for, for your uh, filmmaking career? I think what gives me the love, 
the drive, the motivation. And again, I'm being transparent in the sense that I burned out last year, so I'm rediscovering a lot of this. I'm rediscovering what is it, because let me give context of the burnout. The burnout was very debilitating. Like there were days I could, I could not get out of bed. And at first I didn't understand what was happening. Um, it took therapy and, and, and just really analyzing what the last year looked like to realize you never gave yourself time off. You never gave yourself a break. Um, I love what I do and I could do it nonstop, but that is a recipe for burnout. Um, what gets me up in the morning though is, and why I still continue to want to do filmmaking, why I, I love what I do is that I get to tell stories. That's it, that's what, that's what drives me, is I get to bring these stories to life that you, Michael, as you're on your journey, that one line that Stefan says about, um, if I don't make the most of my life, I'm an asshole. That one line is preceded by his story. And if you don't know his story, there's no context to that line, right? There's no context to that passion and that drive. Exactly. I, mean, I mentioned earlier that um, the hero's journey at the very end of that hero's journey is the transformation. Mm -hmm. You're seeing Stefan transform into this person that has such a strong mission and purpose because of his journey and because of everything that he's gone through. For me, that's what drives me is that what I realize like I remember thinking years ago, what would it be like if we saw Jeff Bezos from day one building Amazon? Like, what would that be like to see the behind the scenes of that? It would motivate so much more people to build businesses like Amazon. Because when, when Jeff Bezos started Amazon, he was told that it wouldn't succeed, right? No one really believed in it. He was already making really great money at the time on Wall Street and decided to leave to go start this book business, selling books online. I think that if we could see those stories, the more and more we see those stories, the more and more people like me are documenting those stories, that's what drives me. Because had I had that, like we talk about books that tell stories, but imagine how many documentaries are telling stories now, the documentary series of Michael Jordan and why he worked so hard, right? Why he believed in the things that he believed. That moment, the moment that, that touches me that I always remember Michael Jordan is he wanted to win one of his championship games for his security guard, <laughs> right? Like his security guard was battling through cancer and he was just like, I just want to win it for him, right? Like he became his father figure after Michael Jordan's dad died. And so um, that's what drives me every morning, man. Like what, what makes me want to get on podcasts and tell these stories and to be able to have conversations with you, Michael, and to, to even say, hey, yes, for sure, you can go into filmmaking and, and make great stories I think it is just the drive and the passion for knowing like there are great stories out there that still need to be told. I'm not the only one that could tell it. Um, but that's what drives me. It's just, it's just a love for storytelling that I've always had. I don't know why, but I've always had it. I think the other thing that drives me is, is um, significance and impact. I work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are able to make a great impact. And I think I play somewhat of a small role of bringing their stories to life that can be told to a larger audience. You're not a part of Stefan's tribe. You're not in his community. You're not in his, in his audience. You may not even be on his email list. But the fact that you got to see his story, and it may change the way you do things from now on, that's what drives me. Um, it is just understanding the significance and the impact of what I'm creating. Um, but again, like I said, there's a lot of it that I'm still rediscovering. And I'm like, okay, why did I get in this 
am I having fun? That's always the question I ask myself. Am I having fun doing this? Am I playing the game that I want to play? And am I having fun? Um, that's what drives me every morning. Like, you know, before we end this, I'll tell you about a million dollar bet that I made um, with myself. And that million dollar bet is that I'm working with one client this year, just one. And I'm going to tell her story the best. Like I am going deep. One of my core values is depth versus width. I am going deep to tell her story, to bring it out in a dramatic way that um, I believe the million dollar bet is that it will bring in a million dollars for her business. It will bring in a million dollars for my business. And um, there will be a million dollars worth of impact in another way. And so um, that's what drives me. It's just challenging, <laughs> challenging myself and continuing to push deeper, continuing to go deeper and look at what am I doing and am I having fun doing it? Well, I, I you know, um, after hearing that, you know, I would really, I really appreciate you coming to my show. It's, uh, you know, I, it kind of opens up even more and, and like, you know, and just even just uh, hearing your stories, you know, it's, it, it kind of encourages me. And being as someone who's trying to get myself into filmmaking, how do, how does one start their journey to become a filmmaker? Before I answer that, why are you why do you want to become a filmmaker? Well, I want like a like from like what you're saying about having an impact. Uh, one of the things I realized is that there are a lot of stories that are untold out there. A lot of stories from my community that are not being told out uh, out there. So. And one of the things I, uh, I was telling some of my friends that we can't rely on others if we don't do it ourselves. Yeah. So somebody's got to go out there and start doing, creating content, creating some sort of infrastructure to be able to bring our stories to life. And for, for some reason, um, not a lot of my friends were doing it. So I said, you know, what? I'm going to start. I'm going to start. My cousin bought me a, a video camera uh, over Christmas. And I've been playing around with it. So it's like, you know what? Uh, I, I delved a little bit into photography. Why don't I uh, look into filmmaking? And then I saw this course uh, online, uh, basically tutorials on how to make uh, cinematographic uh, uh, footage. And I was like, you know what? Uh, let me let me look into that. And I started messing around with it. And uh, and I was like, you know what? It's, it's actually something doable. So I borrowed my dad's uh, camera. Actually, I have it right here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing around with it. Uh, so I've, I've only been with this thing for about a couple of weeks but i'm playing that? around with it that's the canon t3i it's uh yeah it's a rebel t3 t3 okay cool yeah cool. Yeah. yeah so i've been kind of playing around with it uh i've been learning about frame rates and all these uh you know little things that that um you know in in videography and uh i bought a a little uh lap mic and um and i've been kind of study, putting myself uh, diving into uh, stu uh studying documentary filmmaking you know so th that's where I'm, I'm at right now. And uh, I've, been, I've been absorbing all this information. And yeah. this journey into podcasting is really kind of my way of uh, trying to uh, uh, be able to be, become a better interview, interviewer. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of my, uh, I, I use it as a practice. At the same time, I want to be able to connect people in the world. Um, I, I worked with a lot of political people um, for a few years. And one of the things I found is that, you know, even no matter what party, no matter what side you are, we agree 90% of the time. It's just, you know, a lot of the media, they don't, they don't, you know, they, they don't really portray that, but we agree with most of the things we want good, you know, jobs. We want a good economy for our kids. We want to leave a better world for everybody.
So I want to be able to connect that. And uh, I wanted to talk to people who impact society. And that's why I started the podcast. And I want to get into the the filmmaking aspect of this and be able to bring that out to the world. So, and that's kind of my story. So you asked the question, how does one get started? Mm -hmm. I wanted to, how does one get started is, is a, is a, as um, someone who gives advice, it could be, I could answer that a thousand different ways. Um, but I wanted to start with why, your why specifically. So when I work with clients, I always start with why, which is from Simon Sinek. And he says, uh, many people know what they do. They know how to do it. But not many people know why they do it. And the why is what always drives you. The why is the mission. The why is the purpose. Um, the why is the story. And so you just told me a story of... Um, and I'm just going to tell you what I heard, the story of like your friend, your cousin getting you a camera for Christmas, right? That's true. Yeah. She got me, uh, she got me one of those cheap then, ca- uh, cameras uh, just so I could use for my videos. And then, uh, and then you wanting to tell stories, yeah, you wanting uh, to tell stories of your community. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my community, my, uh, people that I know, um, uh, to be able to bring their stories out to life. Um, I'm friends with a lot of people in the uh, Vietnamese community. A lot of them are refugees, you know, and not a lot of people know about uh, what their struggles and what they've gone through. Uh, you know, um, one of the others, um, uh, I found, um, a lot of, I, I know a lot of people who uh, do a lot of animal rescues, uh, here in Dallas. So, and um, a friend of mine had been wanting to do some sort of documentary on that. And I'm lo- looking to probably do some work with him in the future. And he's been looking for somebody to be able to be able to carry a camera and be able to take that in there. I think, so to answer your question, how does one get started in filmmaking? I think that you get started by first realizing what makes you want to get started. And then like why are you doing this and then you do start so initially what my recommendation was going to be you just start with your dad's story right because that's a story in your own community and i don't think it needs to be anything long and drawn out it just needs to be maybe just to start out a five minute story of something that very specific thing that happened to him right so storytelling is about a very specific moment it's just that we in the way that i tell stories in documentaries i combine separate moments Right. So if you look at Stefan, Stefan starts with the moment with his daughter and then he's talking about what drives him. And then we go back to where he's from. He's from West Virginia. And then we tell that story. And the, but there's this very specific moment where his dad dies. And it's that in that very specific moment that his dad dies, which is what led to him becoming a copywriter. Right. So there's these very specific moments. Um, that's where I would tell you to start. But then you mentioned that you have kind of already started like you want to get better at interviews. That's awesome, and that's great, and I think you are doing a good job now. Um, and so you. you've already started. You've already started on your journey of filmmaking. I don't. I don't know if it's a question of getting started, as much as how do I put my first film out there? And I think your first film is not. It doesn't have to be anything that's thirty minutes or an hour. Just start with a five-minute story. Get really good at telling five-minute stories, because again. If you want to do documentaries like I've been doing, if you look at a documentary, they're told in five. There's these stories that I craft, these segments. If you want to break it down into segments, they're just five quick three to five minute segments. And if you can get really good at that, you can learn how to stitch a story together. Because let's go back to the hero's journey. The hero's journey in the beginning, there's this inciting incident. 
that he already has the desire. The hero already has the desire, but there's this moment that leads him to wanting to take the journey to fulfill the desire. That moment is a story. And then when he meets the mentor, that's a story. And then when um, the actual journey, the different moments of still trying to fulfill this desire, the different obstacles that come up in the way, those are other stories. But you got to get really good at telling those stories and crafting those stories. And I think if you start at the three to five minute story that you just you start to put those out there of your dad, of your friend that you mentioned, he does dog rescues. Like if you just tell one dog he just rescued, just tell me that story. Right. Like, why was it important? I'm not even it's not even actually it would be the dog that he rescued, but how that dog is now living a better life in a new home. Just that one story of why that matters, why that's important, the work that he's doing, that will help you when you have to tell a 60 minute story, when you're telling your own other films of people in your community. Um, That's how I'd get started. It was just it would just be doing that when I. I don't think I realized when I got started, that's what I was perfecting when I was doing small birthday parties. Because I would still look at, okay, how can I tell a story out of this? It's not just filming little clips of someone having fun at a party. How can I show the deeper meaning behind who they are and what they stand for and what they represent? Um, Showing their personality, showing their quirks, right? Uh, I think that's how you get started is just looking at how do I get more rehearsal? Yes, absolutely. Podcasting is helping you with understanding how to ask questions to get the story out but then filmmaking the other like shooting it filming it that's the other part i um i i have this thing i call it dramatic demonstration of proof it's not just about telling the story it's about how do you show that story um that's what filmmaking is is showing the story that's so you started your journey it's not a matter of starting now it's like how do you put out your first film show it start rehearsing start practicing You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. You're not going to like the way the shot looks. It always happens. Stories I told 10 years ago, Keisha Dior's story, Keisha K.O.'s story that I told 10 years ago, um, I cringe at watching that. But it's a documentary. I like that. Right, exactly. Most people do. I cringe watching it because I feel like "Ah, that could have been done better. That's always going to happen, right? It's just a matter of putting it out there. And so that's that's how I would recommend getting started in filmmaking is you're already started. Just put your first film out there, make it three to five minutes. And, and honestly, I like, I'd honestly challenge you make your first one, put it out there, send it to me. I'll come back and we'll talk about it. Great. I'll, I'll do that. You know, yeah. uh, you, you talked about a uh, dramatic demonstration proof. That's actually a title of a book that's coming out. It is. It is yeah. the book on um, how I craft stories. It is the book on, so it's a behind the scenes story of how I crafted uh, Stefan's story, Stefan's documentary series, uh, Darnielle Jervy Harmon, who was a business coach, her documentary series, and then Tracy Lynn, um, her documentary series as well, which is more of a legacy story. Um, she's been an entrepreneur for over 30 years, and she is uh, showing how she's transforming into a new brand. Um, that the behind the scenes, it's the behind the scenes of all that. It's three different stories, and I just teach on how I how my thought process on telling those stories and then how those stories actually come to life. Um, that is the book, Dramatic Demonstration of Proof, telling emotional, engaging, visual stories. Um, I believe that it's not just about holding a camera. It's also we as human beings are visual, right? And so like, as I was on this podcast earlier and I held up the business card, the very first business card I ever had, that was a visual thing that I did to show proof that 
you know, Miss Donnelly gave me business cards. Like, I still have the first one. You held up the T3i, the Canon T3i. What I teach in the book is how do you make that dramatic and the, dem the different demonstrations to look for because when you're able to do that and you're able to show proof over and over, people will believe you. And it's not just a, hey, follow me and buy the things that I have. It's like, no, this is proof that this thing works. You're motivated by Stefan's story in that one line where he says, I'm an asshole if I don't make the most use of my life because of everything you saw leading up to that moment. You saw it. You believed it. You absorbed his story. And then when he came to that line, that line was so much more powerful because of everything that happened before. And that's what dramatic demonstration of proof is all about. I think in 2021, what it means to build a brand, especially a personal brand, or what it means to get people to follow you or to buy whatever you have to sell. It's not just about talking about how great you are. Can you prove it? Everyone will talk about how great they are, but can you prove that, not just how great you are, but can you prove that you're different? Can you prove that you can stand out in a different way? And that's what Dramatic Demonstration Proof is all about. Great. Uh, when, when can we expect this book to come out? Yeah, right now the uh, expected release date is August, 2021. Um, I am in the finishing. So there's going to be three different formats of the book. Uh, there is the written, obviously. There is the audio book that will be available only on Spotify for free. And then there is a case study. The actual, I walk through the different projects through video as well. And so um, I'm in the final stages of finishing all that. If someone wants to be on the list to figure it out, um, to know exactly when it launches and to get all of the extras that come with it. Um, you can go to judecharles.co slash list, and that's where you can sign up for my private email list, and that's where I'll first be launching it to that audience and then to the world wide um, after that. But that that's when it's coming out. Um, I'm really excited about it because it's my life's work. It After 15 years of doing this, um, it is truly a behind the scenes of how I'm able to do it. And I talked about going through burnout in like, uh, the million dollar bet part of that million dollar bet that's going to come with the book as well is I am doing some currently filming the million dollar bet I'm currently filming da uh, Darnielle's docuseries which is called uh, move to millions and I'm filming it but also doing an audio documentary of the behind the scenes of creating that and crafting that and that will also come with the book as well um, so I'm really excited. There's a lot that's there's a lot of content that's going to come with it, but I really want people to understand what your mag demonstration of proof is, and how it can change your life, and how you can just go out there and tell your own stories. It's not just about hiring Jude Charles to come in and craft the story. You can tell your own stories, and so that's I'm really really excited about it. Well, I'm kind of excited too, actually. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, reading that book of yours. Thank um, you. So uh, we're about to close, uh, but before we do that, I do have one more question for you. Sure. So uh, in light of everything we've spoken and talked about, if uh, tomorrow you meet a younger Jude Charles, a young, your younger self, what advice would you give your younger self? It's a great question. The first thing that comes to mind is get out of your own way. Um, like I mentioned in the earlier on in my career, I think I had too much pride and I didn't ask for help. And so... Um, that would be the first thing, get out of your own way. That would be the one thing, because I think if I had just gotten out of my own way and I believed in the vulnerability of asking for help, um, I would be a lot, lot much further on now. And so now I, I don't 
hesitating accent for help. Like I mentioned, as soon as I realized I was going through burnout, I went and seeked a, a therapist because it was just like, okay, I've never done, I've never been through this before. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. I wanted to make sure it was burnout and not something else. Like, um, so I think that's what I would say is like, because if I didn't do that, if I didn't, especially in this season of my life, if I didn't, if I didn't get that therapist and, and figure out what the burnout was and why it was caused and then how to move forward, I would, it probably would have taken me a lot longer to get out of, right? And so I don't want to sit in something else for another five years. I think that would be the very first thing I would say, get out of your own way. The second thing I would say, though, is, is um, believe when no one else is believing, right? The million-dollar bet sounds crazy. It sounds like... Why would you put your? Because for context, I'm not getting paid a million dollars for the documentary series. I'm getting I'm getting paid good money, and I, I I like the money that I'm getting paid, but I'm not getting paid a million dollars. But I see it as I want to be able to tell stories like Michael Jordan's stories. Okay, how do I do that now? Because I'm working with some pretty great entrepreneurs now. How do I? And then get paid for it. This like I don't know how much the director got paid for Michael Jordan's series, but I imagine it was at the very least a million dollars. He worked on it for two years, and it's Michael Jordan. Like, and Michael Jordan got paid four million for it. So, um, I think that it would be believe when no one else is believing because what what fuels me, and I and I've always been like that. I think that's what drove me even to start the career. But um, I did hesitate in the beginning. And there are, as there are moments in my life I've, I've noticed I kind of hesitated because I wasn't too sure. I think it would believe when no one else is believing because I think the only person that can convict you is you, right? And so first thing is get out of your own way. Second thing is believe when no one else is believing. And then the third thing, I'll say it like this, is um, I am a Christian, so I, I believe in God and I'd say just trust in God. Those are the three things if I had to go back to 17-year-old Jude and say, this is how you're going to fulfill this journey of being a successful entrepreneur. Get out of your own way faster. Let me actually amend that. Get out of your own way faster. Um, believe when no one else is believing and trust in God. And if you do those, things, do those three things, everything else will line up. This is Jude Charles, entrepreneur, filmmaker, and author. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me, Michael. It was definitely a fun conversation. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to coming back, though. I, I, yes, challenged yes. you, I challenged you, and I'm looking forward to seeing the first story that you tell. All right. Will do. I'll take up the challenge. Awesome.